Hey guys, welcome to Bangin' Boardcast, episode number 373. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a podcast, weekly podcast, that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is The List, where we break down the comic books that are coming down June 27th, 2018. Then we always follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're going to be taking a look back at some of the comic books that we picked up in May 2018 with our monthly look back. So this Ooh. week we're going to be talking about a, a fair smattering of books with DC Nation number zero, Avengers number one, Star Wars Lando Double or Nothing number one, Man of Steel number one, No Justice number one, and Coda number one. It's a good amount of books. And, and we don't have to... We don't have to talk about code if you guys don't want to. I mean, may- maybe you need to sell me on it, because I just couldn't get into it. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but as always, we start with the beer. I have two that I'm drinking at once. So you guys, uh, tell me what you're drinking. You can't just throw it over to you oh, guys when we're not yeah. in the room. <laughs> Someone can just start talking. Yeah, I, Someone I, can I take the know. lead. I Take always do lead. that, and then I step on Chris's toes, and then it's a whole thing. I, I, so, I Chris, go ahead. Back. All right, well, I'll go first. Uh, I'm starting off a little bit lighter today. I have from Highland Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina, their Mandarina IPA. Uh, 5.0 ABV. Uh, you see, it's a fresh and zesty orange IPA. And, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I have it in my fridge. Uh, it's great after coming home on a terribly hot and humid day. Uh, it's got the right amount of orange zest to it. It's not like a like a candy orange. It's basically just like an orange zest. It's like biting into an orange before you peel it. But tastier. That sounds good. I also am a drinking a fruity IPA. I'm drinking... Hey! Uh, That's I'm why drinking, we're friends. Yeah. I just, you know, I've been having... I've been working outside a lot. You know, it's the summer. I've uh, been hanging up cameras uh and stuff and just been outside quite a bit so i come home and i want to drink something just uh light and refreshing and a session ipa should do that for me right so mm-hmm. i picked up a unita piggyback which is a session a peach ipa and i've been drinking this pretty quick because it's warm here and uh i get the peach aftertaste but it's not very hop forward and doesn't have much going on other than that aftertaste and that disappears quick quickly. So I wouldn't suggest it. It's okay. Um, it's for Muluta. We don't. I don't expect anything from them. Hmm. Yes, sir, I haven't had. That's a craftier on pack, so I don't feel like I missed out. Yeah, it's not like I spent extra money on it. <clears throat> and the two beers I am drinking are both coming from Foreign Objects Brewery. Um, this is a relatively new brewery that I've basically loved everything that's come out from them uh and i am drinking mercury rising and venus rising these are the same base beers uh at 6.8 percent um the only difference is is they're changing up the hops in the beers so both beers are brewed with citra but mercury rising is brewed with manuk which is a, a newer hop that i've never heard of and then the other one is brewed with Citra and Calypso. Um, I can't tell which one I like more. I think I'm leaning towards the Venus Rising with the Calypso because it has a really nice 
orange zest bite to it. Wow. I know. That's why we're friends. Uh, With this follow-up bitter that you don't expect from kind of those New England IPAs, um, Foreign Objects calls their beers New American IPAs, but they are brewed in that New England kind of style. Uh, The Mercury Rising is very good. Um, You get... For 6.8, you get a little kind of alcohol on the back end, but you get a nice, you get a nice, like, more florally beer versus that citrus rind off of the other one. Um, Both are really good. I don't know which one I would be able to recommend to people or after tonight, remember which one had the orange <laughs> zest and which one was more floral, but very unique that um, you can taste just by adding that other hop, how different the beer comes out. Uh, I, I like both of them. I think the Venus rising with the orange zest, I like more, but every, I kind of take a sip out of one and then I take a sip out of the other. And every time I'm like, well, I like that one more. And then the next maybe, one I'm like, maybe like you should be more. drinking them both at the same time. <laughs> hey, I'm a wild and crazy guy. I'm doing this so other people don't have to. Well, maybe they'll have to because at the end of it, you're going to be like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I think Venus Rising is the the one that's the orange zest that I like more. But wow. maybe the other one. Well, you know what I like? Me? Oh, well, yeah, you. And summer movies. Yeah, and that brings us to the summer movie blockbuster breakdown of our Bracket Buster event. Beep, 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 beep. I don't know. It sounded like you needed... Yeah, I did need the beep, beep, beeps because, you know, I had to dial up and get these... Hot numbers coming in. Oh, yeah, I got to get that data. I got to get those bits. I thought you had to get get the numbers off the tacker, the ticker. The ticker. Well, he has to check the tacker first, and then you get some from the ticker. Mm. Yeah. So Incredibles... Yeah. Incredibles 2 came out this past weekend. Uh, and there was some attacks in that, you know, some fight scenes that uh, Mrs. In- Mrs. Incredible, Elastigirl, had to go and and fight. So yeah, you're right. And uh, and she fought her way all the way to 182.7 million dollars opening weekend, which is the largest animated movie opening weekend of all time. Wow, that's impressive. Of all of the times, Toy Story four. Might be coming out soon and breaking that record next year, but uh, but for now, Incredibles two holds it. It overtook Finding Dory, which is another uh, Pixar sequel. So it seems like this Pixar Disney Pixar will keep on just handing off this title right down the line. So I don't think Wreck It Ralph Wreck Ralph breaks the internet is going to take this title away though. No. Uh, what about? No, I don't. I don't think so. But I think it'll be so enjoyable. But yeah. And what about Ocean's Eight? Did we talk about Ocean Eight's numbers? Yeah, we talked about it last. Was week. that last week? Yeah, we talked about that again before the show started too. <laughs> what about Upgrade? Upgrade came out, right? Did Upgrade come out? Is that on our bracket? It is. Upgrade is on our bracket. Oh, did it come out though? I think so. I think I, I asked if I, I think it was coming out last week. Yep, uh, Upgrade. It has come out. Um. Opening weekends, oh my gosh, uh, was four million six hundred seventy thousand. Uh, four point seven. So it made some money. It made some. That's, I think that's the worst. 
thing that we've ever had on our list. Probably. So. I hear it's really, really good, though. I hear people it are looked, like... It looked awesome. I was hoping it was going to do really well. Uh, I think it's one of those ones that it's like DVD, word of mouth. Like, that's where it's going to make its money. But uh, from reviews that I've read, people have really, really liked it. I've so, at... Oh, go ahead. I've also heard from reviews that people aren't loving Jurassic World, but it's still gonna make Ooh. it's still gonna make more money than four million. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm still gonna see Jurassic World even after you said that. Because life finds a way. Most people will. Uh, Jurassic uh, World: Fallen Kingdom comes out this weekend. Uh, we're recording on Thursday, so it comes out literally tomorrow. And uh, yeah, it's up against Upgrade. Let's see. Yeah. Which one wins? It won't be Upgrade. No. Uh, upgrade no, should have probably... It, to be yeah. it, it was number 15 on the bracket, so... What can you do? I you don't know. know. You build the bracket. I, don't I built the bracket. I, I, don't know I put Upgrade works. as 15. Unfo- I should have... up. Skyscraper seemed like a... It seems like it should have been <laughs> higher on the bracket now. I, I said it before, but when I saw... Um, was it Solo or Deadpool? But they had a... Uh, a trailer for Skyscraper before. And when I was watching, I was like, it doesn't look great, but Skyscraper definitely seems like something I would watch on TBS or TNT like just because it's on. And I'd be like, oh yeah, it wasn't bad. It's that lazy morning hangover kind of yeah. like, uh, I'm just going to sit here. I can fall asleep during it. I can wake up. I can go and make breakfast. I can go out and get breakfast and come back and still continue to watch it. I'm not going to miss anything. The rock in and out of a skyscraper. Life of the Party also came out, guys. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that movie. That was on the yeah. list, too? Yeah, that was on the list, too. It made $17.9 million. So much wow. more money than Upgrade. <laughs> like, three times almost. But, it I made mean, over double. So, uh, Life of the Party, $17.9. That, uh, that loses to Deadpool 2, though. So Deadpool 2 does move on. Hey! Uh, Deadpool 2, surprisingly entertaining. I mean... I, I, liked I knew it. I was going to enjoy it, but it was... I enjoyed it more than the first one. Hmm. Well, it's... Uh, after it's after a full month's run, Deadpool 1 has na- not has made more money over the first 30 days than Deadpool 2, though. So, it, But it is a stacked summer versus Deadpool 1's opening, which was a February, February. release where True. like it basically owned for a few weekends versus, you know, Deadpool basically had its... It had two weekends, I think, before Infinity War came out. No, it came out after Infinity War. Oh, before yeah. Solo? I yeah. guess yeah. nobody cared about Solo. I don't get it. I, I really enjoyed it. Everyone I know that's seen it has enjoyed it, too. Just Did the Meg come out? No, Not I don't yet. think that I, has. I did, I did okay. see a trailer for that one before Deadpool, though, and I was just like, this looks absolutely terrible. I had no idea what it meant. But I saw the cutout, like the movie poster cutout thing that you could take pictures in front of it. I'm like, oh, the Meg, the Megalodon. That's what it's short for. I had no idea. It's on the bracket. I know we talked it about does, it. It doesn't help out anything. Knowledge no. of that movie doesn't make things anything. Well, plus in the trailer, like the thing, like this, they, they don't, they don't keep to a size. Like mm. when they show it, like in some parts, uh, it looks smaller, and then maybe, in other things, it looks bigger. Like it just seems maybe like... it just starts off like a regular shark. And it's oh, and the more the, the more he it, eats, maybe, the bigger he yeah, gets. Yeah, maybe it just gets bigger and bigger. <laughs> I know that sounds stupid, but 
It could be the, happening. The matter the Hulk gets, the bigger he gets. They kind of got rid of that as a while ago, too. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but speaking of stupid, uh, George Lucas came out to say oh what his follow-up trilogy to the original Star Wars trilogy would be. And Chris, you shared this with us, and it broke our brains. So Yeah. So according to him, they would have gone into the microorganism universe and really doubled down on uh, oh my gosh, why my midichlorians are and like where they came from. And when he says that he would get into or they would go into that universe, I don't see it as like Macaulay Culkin in the Page Master, where he's going into the books. I think it's, I think it's more like, oh, we would ex- we would explain like this is what the story would center on. But either one of those ideas just doesn't sound great. And we, we know Star Wars fans are terrible, fickle people. But I don't see this being anywhere close to what we had originally, or even with the prequels. I don't think these would have topped off those either. So. Well, be happy me- what we have now with Force Awakens and Last Jedi. He mentioned like one. He says Star like Star Wars fans would have hated it, but also like he brought up that Metaclorian stuff and then never brought it up again because he's like, yeah, uh, nope, not going to do that. But uh, but I will say that I, I would have done Lucas, it anyways. <laughs> good ideas never die. Bad ideas just stick around even longer, though. I mean, granted, they are his playthings. Like, he could have done whatever he wanted with them, and you would have to say, like, yeah, it's Star Wars. It's it's a George baby, but it doesn't mean you have to like it. Uh, right. I do enjoy that, like, uh, everybody, like, when you talk about them, like, oh, no, they're not good. But there's one thing from the one movie <laughs> I really like. You got yeah, I mean, you gotta watch the the Darth Maul fight. On YouTube, because they took all the other clips out, and it's just a straight fight. Best part of the movie. Yeah. Don't actually I've, watch the movie, but watch the clip online. I've watched that clip. That's so good. It is. It, I watched that clip, and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll give the movie another chance. And then I watched it, and then that fight scene is broken up with Anakin in the spaceship. Like, wow, yeah. wizard. And I was like, uh-oh. Oh. The, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. The internet, The internet fooled me once. Once again, see here's the internet. Like it says, it knows what it wants, but does it really? Because we didn't talk about this at all. But apparently, people are rallying for the Snyder cut of Justice League. Yeah, they're calling up AT and T customer service because that merger <laughs> got approved. It's now going to be AT and T. It's going to be AT and T Warner Entertainment. AOL, DC. Yeah, something else. They're, no, uh, it, it's good. They're all going to be the company. The overall company is going to be AT and T still, and then uh, they're going to drop Time Warner, and it's just going to be Warner Entertainment. It's then going to be the holding company, the parent company for t- Time Warner and everything else. So, okay, with that. there you go. The, and so, if the thing that drives me nuts is there's these these crazy. And I don't know where they, they come from, these DC fans. They crawl out of the pit from 300. Well, these are the same people that were like, uh, oh, let's do what we can to sabotage Marvel movies. Cause Marvel sabotages yeah. DC movies on... Um, being good. And uh, on um, Rotten Tomatoes. And then it's like, no, the, the movie does it. 
there is a direct difference between the Warner Brothers movie Justice League and Marvel's Black Panther or Marvel's uh, Avengers Infinity War. Like, there's a direct difference. One, two are very good, and one is that movie that you're like, it was okay. Like, I, I like this out of it. It's a George Lucas baby. Like, yeah. it's, you, you walk away with, like, going, like, oh, yeah, this was okay. And I'm pretty sure, having watched Justice League, that the quote-unquote Joss Whedon cut made the movie better. Because if you looked at what they he was doing and the clips that you'd seen and how the movie comes out, it in no way was it going to be a good movie. And I don't know why these people are so crazy clamoring for his cut because they're the same people that said Batman Superman was bad. And you just would have gotten more of that because that was bad. But if they had had the R-rated cut from Zack Snyder... It would have changed everything around. The R-rated extended edition with, like, yeah. what, like 30, 40 minutes added to it? Which I – did that ever come out? I don't know. I think it – I believe it, it came out on – Ray Extra. Yeah. Okay. And the thing Whenever is it just adds a blood code. That's all it does. Yeah. It's a it's a blood code for Mortal Kombat. Where there's Whenever we get around to doing the, uh, the DC movie retrospective. Ugh. For some – okay – for some reason, Siri keeps thinking I'm talking to her, and it just yo yo for the movie wreckers. I I'm gonna have to turn off Siri. I hate it. What the no, mo- got, the got, movie's wrecker? I don't know. I got a new phone, so I had to set that up. And for two times now, when I mentioned DC DC movies, okay, it's popped up thinking that I'm speaking to my phone and I'm trying to research something. <laughs> At no point have I asked it to. I don't like it. <laughs> Do not like it. Do not like it. Old manning this. But yeah. I don't want any of the Snyder cuts. But whenever we do the the DC retrospective, I think it's going to be one of those things where you should watch that one because it's the truest, purest form. And we'll just kind of maybe mention how we feel watching that one versus what we remember of the other one. Because I haven't seen any of those movies since I watched them in the came out theaters. I own Man of Steel. I don't mind Man of Steel. I, but I watched that movie not thinking that it's not a Superman movie. It's a it's a it's a origin story movie. Yeah. And and that's and that's the thing where I think we justify it. Mm-hmm. I I have fun watching the Man of Steel movie. I like it. I know some people I've talked to and they they don't like it and they don't they flat out say they don't have Superman right in that movie. And it is true. And my argument is, well, it's not it's not a Superman story. He doesn't become Superman till the yeah. end of it. And he's like, no, he's fucking Clark Kent. He's Superman. He is that character from the beginning. That what that's what makes him Superman. He has those moral obligations and everything. And I can see it from their side, but I'm still like, eh, I still have fun watching it. Right, but the original Donner Superman, I didn't like the very beginning of that movie either, where the only reason Clark Kent gets off his ass off the farm to do something is because his dad dies, and he's Peter Parker at that point. Uh, I'm like, no, Superman should be Superman because he has the power to be Superman. He doesn't need to have somebody die and then be like, you know what, 
People dying sucks. Let's stop that. The only thing the only thing I always want is a situation where I think it's what Superman 4 when he loses his powers to Lois and he gets like beat up or something when the the Bizarro That's Superman's the there. Yeah. And when he comes back and he's got powers and then he goes to that guy's like funny. I've never seen garbage eat garbage before. I want to use that line on somebody. I want to say like, "Ah, oh, funny. Never seen garbage eat garbage before." I want to say that to another human being, and I've never had opportunity. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's... Don't drink two beers at once. You get silly. Well, when I'm eating Ore- when we're hanging out, and I'm eating Oreos, he can say it to me. I won't take offense. Actually, I'll take a little offense, but I'll just you know bury it deep inside and begrudge you later. Right. Let's break down those feelings, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> John, you had a bunch of other uh, I just don't remember what they were because it's uh, a lot. Stan Lee uh, filing oh, yeah. for elderly abuse. Another Stan Lee crazy story. Uh, so he is finally uh, putting up elderly abuse against his uh, manager, Kenya. I don't know his, the Kenya. Last name Diggit. <laughs> Kenya Diggit. Oh, is he a 90s wrestler? Yep. Oh, okay. Didn't realize. Uh, (laughs) I didn't know that. Uh, Buffering time to find the thing. ah, Against Kenya Morgan. Um, They finally have had a falling out with everything that's been going on. Uh, Stan Lee had come out before saying this wasn't true. There wasn't any elderly abuse. But now he has... uh, gotten a restraining order against him and he has been arrested um, with suspicion of filing false police reports. Um, The details haven't been uh, disclosed, but there is just just every week we have some crazy news or we haven't been doing it weekly show, but every every couple weeks there's some crazy news coming out about Stan Lee. And uh, so he's finally he's finally filed for um, restraining order, and hopefully we don't get any more crazy Stan Lee news. So wait, Kenya got arrested? Yes, his Kenya manager, Morgan Kenya, Kenya Morgan, uh, was arrested. Um, and, and and I guess it was something, too, that it all stemmed from him filing false police reports. So the Jeez. whole police reports about the guy coming in and stealing Stan Lee's blood was false? I guess? Well, no, I, I feel like that that actually had to happen, though. Well, yeah, I think more the manager gave gave Stanley's yeah. blood away or sold it. I don't know. It's a, a crazy thing. Because I feel thing. like everything that we've heard is stuff that's actually happened. Because, I mean, there's the video of him being, like, manhandled and directed at the convention. Like, there's witnesses to, like, the, mm-hmm. the gunman outside his house, like... Poor guy. And also, yeah. uh, just because I want to be sure... Uh, can you dig it was Booker T's catchphrase. Mm. So it is a wrestling thing. I just had the wrong wrestler. I didn't like a Macho Man voice, so I apologize for that. Uh, and something DC will need to apologize for are some of the books coming out of their DC Black label. Oh, oh yeah. And number one, the thing they're going to have to apologize for is Frank Miller and John Romita Jr.'s 
Superman Year One. Two of the worst. Uh, Frank Miller, I believe, uh, has lost his mind. We thought this back in the early 2000s. Um, I enjoy many early works of Frank Miller, but he has really gone off the deep end. And John Romita Jr., I don't think I've ever really enjoyed his artwork. But other books coming out there is Brian Ezrillo and Lee Bergimino, uh, Batman Damned. You have uh, The Other History of the DC Universe by John Riley, an unannounced art team. Uh, then you have Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons, by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. 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 Uh, which I do enjoy Kelly Sue Dominic, uh, DeConnick's uh, art, art writing. Batman Last Night on Earth by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Wonder Woman Diana's Daughter by Greg Rucka. Um, artist to be announced. And then they're going to be reprinting All-Star Superman, Kingdom Come, New Frontier, Batman Year One, and for some unknown reason, Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. Ugh. And uh, all kind of stemming from Gordon Murphy, uh, Sean Gordon Murphy's Batman White Knight, um, which also will be reprinted for this Dark Label, which I'm kind of interested in, like... So it's books. like the DC superhero Vertigo imprint. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, um, I would enjoy more maybe Elseworld stories coming out from DC. We haven't had any really any of those for a while, but it just seems like it was- everything that's happening at DC right now is an Elseworld story for me. These all don't count. Yeah, <laughs> nothing counts. No, honestly, well, even matters. kind of going back. No, this matters. Going back to it too. Um, Talking about Warner Brothers and stuff, we had the shakeups with Diane Nelson no longer being in charge of entertainment and Jeff Johns not being the head of DC Entertainment's like I, I can't remember the name of the division, but he's instead starting his own production company that's going to be working with DC now on all of their projects. Yeah, it's got some weird name. I forget what it is. Like Smash House or something like that. Smash I don't remember. It's good. Oh, man. I, we I didn't talk about this real beforehand. Quick. Yeah. But go ahead and keep talking Keep talking about it because he's going to be uh, still working on that Green Lantern Chorus movie. Yeah, he's still working on that. It looks like he's still going to have a hand in every – Mad Ghost is what it's called. <laughs> um, so he's leaving that position but starting his own company that will be filling that position, which – the one thing that we were always excited about with Jeff Johns being the head of DC's entertainment was like, wow, it's a guy who not just knows the characters and the stories, but has created a lot of them and can show that reverence for what's come before while still ushering in something new. On paper, it seemed like Jeff Johns would be the person that you want to have in this role at the company. But so far, with everything that we've had just not working out, it's kind of like, oh, well, what's going on behind the scenes there? Because it seems like he's not as high up on the totem pole as we thought maybe were. Maybe he's, like, spitballing ideas with people, but the like people at Warner Brothers are like, ah, no, we're going to do this instead. So I don't know how this is going to change things, but hopefully it's for the better. Yeah, and, I mean, he, since 
the original Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, he had something to do with the DC movies. And every time, I think we always were like, ooh, why? Jeff Johns is there. Why is this what we got? Why aren't they respecting the characters? Jeff Johns there. He should be teaching them. And I guess he didn't have as big of a role as we thought. Yeah, I'm thinking he didn't have much control because Diane Nelson, look at what she was able to do with J.K. Rawlings in the Harry Potter films. So you would think that that Diane Nelson working at uh, Warner Brothers still and then working with a great partner like Jeff John, somebody that loves the characters, it would have worked out. But I think the studio really pushed in this like, no, we got to just compete with what Marvel's doing. So just put something out, put something out, put something out. And I guess the guy who came from The Conjuring has cut a lot of stuff and said, you know, we don't need this. This isn't working. Let's go back to this. And you're like, oh, maybe that's good. But then you still have, like, it's announced there's going to be two Joker movies. Yeah, they're still in development. The uh, Scorsese one uh, and then the whatever Jared Leto. The Jared Leto and the, the Phoenix one. Like, it's just like, well... I don't... Joaquin Phoenix and Scorsese is supposed to be... Yeah, he's producing it. But it's like, well, I don't, I, don't underst- I don't understand why this would be a thing. And it just feels like cash grabs. Two Joker movies. And then the, the, the Matt Reeves Batman movie, which is supposed to be a younger Batman than we've seen in the previous movies. But is it still going to be Ben Affleck? Is he just going to be no. a younger version are they just going to take that wig off where he's got, like, the crazy hair? Is he still going to have that Phoenix tattoo? I don't know. Uh, but in, in addition to this, uh, Jeff Johns is going to be heading up his own kind of imprint over at DC2. Uh, imprints known as The Killing Zone, where they're going to be moving the Doomsday Clock, the Watchmen sequel series, into that. But he's also going to be doing a sand, I'm not sorry, <clears throat> a Shazam book. And then a three Joker series, uh, kind of spinning out of the Scott Snyder Batman story, where there was actually three Jokers in continuity and kind of telling their story. And he's stepped down from president, and Jim Lee has stepped in, right? Yes. Yeah, uh, Jim Lee's stepping into that role now. But he's still co publisher, or yeah, publisher with. Dan DiDio. Correct. So he's still doing both. So, Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, right now at DC, nothing makes sense. Nothing matters. <laughs> it, it, it does matter. None of this matters. I got, you know, it's like, if there's a book that I li- will like to read, I'll read it. But it, there's no continuity that matters to me that's happening right now. There's nothing that I'm like chomping at the bit for i thought you know before i was like oh harley quinn will be a fun couple of issues like it'll might get a miniseries it was amanda connor writing it and then that book just kept going and there's no reason for it to keep going like that they they drained everything out of that book and they and there she is in all the justice league books now and i'm like what is i don't get it i don't want to get it i just don't care anymore i'm I'm punching out. She's a character that sells. She's a character that they know people love for some reason. There's a crazy love for that character. Uh, No, I mean, I I like her. I just 
She's yeah. like Deadpool, kind of, where she's one of those characters that just kind of became a huge part of the pop cultural lexicon over the past couple years, and they've just really rallied around it. I don't know why. But. Yeah, but they rallied around the character that's no longer recognizable to me as that character. Yeah. So that's I'm, true. you know, at, at which point I'm out, you know, and that's fine. Like, it, I don't own that character. If, you know, if what they're doing with that character found, found a bigger fan base than what I was involved with, good on that character, good on that company. They're not they're not writing comic books just for Paul here at the Bag and Boardcast, and that's fine. I get it, but well, they'd all be about numbers and money and and economics. <laughs> I'm allowed to get out. I'm allowed to step out and be like, you know what? I'm kind of done with them until I hear some better things. Like I'm gonna you tapping out just uh, pick up a different books that come out each week. We didn't talk about the Fox deal, Paul. Oh. <laughs> That would have been a really good segue, though. Would have been. But I have a good segue. Uh, So it looks like, if it doesn't happen in the next couple days, with uh, Disney will be buying Fox for $71.3 billion. Uh, Pending Comcast coming out with another deal. And also pending... What we, you know, the rubber stamp that we now call the federal government. Yeah, I don't They'll think just, I don't think they're going to fight not, it. Yeah, because the AT and T Time Warner merger went out, went through with no problem, yeah. so they're not going to fight it. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's such an astronomical amount of money that they're paying for this, and I understand it's a huge back catalog of uh, the content that they're getting, plus the rights to do more stuff. That they would want in house, like you know, all the X Men characters. Why not? But seventy one billion dollars. Remember when they bought Marvel and then they bought Lucasfilm for like four billion? I forget what mm-hmm. the Marvel deal was for. It wasn't as much was, as Lucasfilm. It was like hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I'm just gonna you can just Google that quick. I have a computer. Yeah. I have the internet. You have the internet there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, that, okay, yeah, yeah four, 4 billion for Marvel, and then it was like 7 billion for Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Even then, like, those are crazy amounts of money. Yeah, but they're getting a lot more in this Fox deal. Yeah. Not, because if you just took, like, the IPs from Fox, okay, maybe you would get up to maybe 10 to 12 million billion dollars, and you'd be like, wow, that's a lot of money for those IPs, but you got The Simpsons, you got Avatar which Disney was falling the, over themselves about, yeah. and it's making them money at the parks. Uh, you got... Uh, Predator. Uh, Predator. Yeah. Aliens. Yeah. I think ne- they own Aliens now, too. Um, mm-hmm. Terminator, right? They, I mean, the X-Men franchise. Yeah, you know, they, it goes on and on. They own enough... enough st- it, uh, think of every movie that Fox has ever made, they could remake it now. They have the rights mm-hmm. to those, and uh, and also then just the channels themselves. Like both Lucasfilm didn't have a cable network; they didn't have any kind of television presence. They didn't have a broadcast network. Marvel didn't have a broadcast network. So you throw that in. When they bought uh, ABC, it was for almost a billion dollars right there, and that was just for one network. Well, no, you or got you got ABC Family, ABC yeah, ABC yeah. Family, and I think there's one other station that they owned. Yeah. But they're getting um, 
FX, Fox, uh, not Fox News, all the regional sports networks. So that goes right along with it. FXX. Uh, the National Geographic, Nat Geo. Uh, and yeah, did you all have the, to I think break, all the regional Did sports. you have to break that down like National Geographics? <laughs> And Nat Geo. Yeah. Oh, Nat Geo. I, uh, I thought well, I you were the, break. I thought you were abbreviating. No, no, no I think graphics. And I was like, why did he do that? That's weird. No, I uh, think there's actually two stations: Natural Geographic and then Nat Geo, which I don't get it. But, you know, uh, younger, networks. cooler brother. Uh, well, cool. I mean, here's the here's uh, it's National Geographics with its hat backwards. Uh, so with this, just some. So besides what you mentioned, uh, Disney will also have the rights to the Garfield films. Hey. The Fly. Wow. Oh, classic. The Home Alone franchise. MASH. MASH is great. <clears throat> Planet of the Apes. The X-Files. The Exorcist. And Dr. Doolittle. Hey. And Paul, Paul, one of your favorites, Casper. Hey. He, I mean, only, likes, he only likes Casper for Christina Ricci. It's yeah. all just stuff that they have because of this. Do I need more reasons, John? Do I need more? Well, I mean, the movie's awful. It's not terrible. It, no, it is terrible. It's, it's not good, but I've, I've seen much worse movies, and I've watched Casper multiple times. <laughs> it's not It's not the worst movie I've ever seen. I remember watching Casper as a little kid going like, this movie's bad, click. No, I, I liked it as a kid. Also because it takes place in the same universe as Ghostbusters, which that alone is cool. <laughs> That's true. Because Stans is in the beginning of it. Uh-huh. Anyways. John, you had a segue, you said. I didn't have a segue. Paul had the segue. Hey, uh, a, hey, let's break. It was on a good segue because I couldn't actually segue. John, you you said like, oh, don't worry, I have a I have a good segue. No, I didn't. I said or that, was that, that to get into talking would have been Fox a stuff. yeah, that was getting into the Fox stuff. Oh well, that's that's not as good. We didn't we didn't exit segue. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's break down the books that are coming out January twenty seventh, two thousand eighteen. Paul, what are you looking forward to? I'm going back to one of my old favorite characters. I'm going back to my childhood. And just gonna it's a Harley Quinn book, <laughs> and I'm gonna pick up Multiple Man. Uh, I forgot this was coming out until. J- Thank you, John. You reminded me, and this is a uh, Multiple Man coming back from the dead. Maybe sort of. Uh, who knows what has happened with him? Because they've done some really stupid stuff with this character uh, since its inception. <laughs> but you know, uh, Matthew Rosenberg and Andy. Uh, and uh, Andy McDonald are bringing multiple man back, uh, Jamie Jamie Maddox. So there we go. He's coming back. We'll see what happens. He's wearing a green T-shirt and some uh, jeans. Looks good. It's a fun cover. I, I don't have much to say about this book until I read it. I don't know. Could be awful. Could be all right. It won't be good. <laughs> we don't know, but it could be. <laughs> There's no, could be there's okay. No could be awful. Could be all right. <laughs> no, no. It, I don't even think it could be all right. It could be. Could be awful. It could be okay. It's not even all right. Not even. No. It's... John, you got a book? Okay. John ran away, so I'm going to talk about my book instead. Hmm. 
I'm actually picking up Detective Comics number 983. Uh, Detective Comics is one of my go-tos. It's a slow week for me. I only have this and a Green Lantern's book coming out. Uh, but this one actually sounds pretty cool. Uh, this one's going to focus on Duke Thomas, who you may know as The Signal. He was one of the characters introduced in the We Are Robin series that came out a couple of years ago from DC. Uh, but focusing on him and Cassandra Kane, a.k.a. Orphan, a.k.a. used to know her as Batgirl. Um, but them being mentored by uh, Black Lightning. Since Batman's got too much stuff going on, he can't mentor them all the time. So he he has Black Lightning kind of step in and uh, act as the teacher for them. Hmm. Which I think will be cool. I, I'm not a huge Black Lightning fan. Uh, I've always liked him in everything that I've read that he's appeared in. I've never actually sought him out. Uh, but years ago when they were doing Final Crisis and they had like the resistance of mitt books. One of those kind of focused on him, and it was just a really solid read. It made me be like, "Wow, he's he's a great character. I want more of him." I never, I never chased it down. I liked it when he was a spy, and like he was the department, the head of uh, education. The uh, yeah, that was the in uh, role. the yeah. Justice League. Mm-hmm. I can't remember who was writing that. And it was pretty good because he was basically spying on the Luther administration. Yeah, so it was pretty good. Uh, this is written by Brian Hill, who's a writer I'm not too familiar with. I looked at his also buy stuff over on DC. He's really only done some other Black Lightning stuff, including the Black Lightning Hong Kong Fui crossover book that came out when they were doing the Hanna Barbera uh, special one shots. Yeah, uh, and I heard some of them were good. He did some of the uh, Wildstorm stuff too. I never got into Wildstorm as a imprint reader, so don't know too much about it. But yeah. If I was going to pick somebody to come in and train kids, uh, I would have probably picked Wildcat. You know? Mm-hmm. Just just throwing that out there. Until, you know, killing time until John gets back. I'm back. I've been back. Oh, oh okay. I had, John, I had to pee, and I needed to get my next beer. Well, oh, okay. did, you, uh, did you think of a book while you were gone? Yeah. I am looking forward to uh, Saga number 53. Uh, I talk about this book all the time for, I think, since we reviewed epi- uh, issue one uh, for a look back episode. I'm looking forward to that. But most of all, I'm looking forward to the Gus plush toy that will be coming out as well. Uh, and that's one of my favorite saga characters. That's all I have to say about that. Do you know how big the plush is? Does it say in the solicitation for it? Uh, I'm, I'm too far away from that. Mm, is it beanie baby sized? I think it's a little bit bigger. Ooh, Possibly full pillow size. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't check oh. the sizes. I didn't check the inches. Well, I'm so, I'm sorry you don't know uh, what that is. But do you know your next beer? Uh, I do. I've finished two beers and now I'm on to my third. When you guys are just starting your second, that's how I roll. I'm halfway through my second. Uh, I'm basically done with my second. I am drinking from Fatheads Brewery out of Ohio. This is their classic, their flagship beer, Headhunter IPA. This was bottled on 629 just two days ago, and my first sip is happening now live. Ooh. He's going to do it live, people. That is a nice IPA. 7.5%. Drinks relatively smooth. A little bit of malt character to it. 
Got a nice little hoppiness. Um, yeah, that's a good that's a good IPA. It's not a New England. It's not a juice bomb crazy beer, but it is just a damn good IPA. Um, fat heads will be carried in our area of New York at the end of July. I met with the Fatheads uh, rep who gave this beer to me. And uh, I like it. I'm happy to have Fatheads finally in the area. Years ago, this was a highly sought-after beer that we would you would beer trade for. And, man, I have to say it's probably like back in 2008 or nine where I think I might have brought this to the podcast before. I don't think we enjoyed it. I, I, I've never been like... Like fatheads. Oh, like let me let me get one of those. Like I, I don't think anything I've ever had from them wildly. Uh, I don't think we ever had it uh, this fresh. I think it was probably all, a relatively old bottle that we ended up having for the show. Um, but it's nice. There's not. I have absolutely nothing wrong with this beer. It's just a. Uh, it's just an IPA. It's a good IPA. It's not like wowing my tongue with crazy flavor. But it's just a good beer. I mean, it's it's up there with, you know, your 60-minute from uh, Dogfish Head, uh, what Flower Power used to be, Southern Tier IPA, just those nice little... I see, that's, those, that's a lot for me because what Flower Power used to be, that was my mm-hmm. my five-star IPA. Like, oh, yeah. Like, but it it's, it's in that realm of what <laughs> that beer used to be, I think. And this is just, this is a great, it's a, just a great drinking beer. Two days old. Mine's a little bit older than that. Uh, my bottle was actually filled on May 15th, 2018. And this is also from Highland Brewing. And this is their Black Mocha Stout. Uh, 5.0 ABV. On the label, they say it's rich and malty. And it is definitely rich and malty. If you had told me this was a Russian Imperial Stout, I would believe it. Because it just has such a big depth of flavor. And it is a mocha stout, too, because it's not like a syrupy chocolate on the back end. It's just like a deep, dark cocoa nibs that kind of chases up on the back end. So it's not a lot of sweet, but it's more like that bitter, like, German baking chocolate. And it's it's a really nice, like, whip at the back end of it, like, where you take your sip and you're like, ooh, like, smoky, like, it's so dark. And then you just get that hint of the uh the chocolate depth on it this is a really great stout um i checked into it the other night because i picked up a six pack of this at the beer store and i had one just as i was playing like warcraft or watching something on netflix and i don't remember what i rated it at but now that i'm having it again i feel like i should probably adjust my rating on it and go a little bit higher do it i'm gonna not because he told me but it's this is stellar I'm drinking a beer that's not that stellar. It's also from Unita. And it's Grapefruit Hop Nosh IPA. It's not bad. It's like like the uh, piggyback. It's got a nice grapefruit flavor to it, but that's about it. Like, the hop flavor isn't really there. Uh, what's the ABV on this one? I feel like I'm either getting really tired and punchy or I'm actually getting drunk. Oh, this is 7.3. I probably should not have had this tonight. Uh, you have a third beer, too, Paul. I know. 
I try to pick all lower. I thought this was like a session as well, and then I realized it didn't say session on it as I'm like almost all the way through. I tried to pick lower ABVs when I made my craft pack, and uh, I screwed up on this one. This <laughs> one's going down really smooth for 7.3. Didn't even realize it. It's really warm in this room. The door's closed. It's warm. <laughs> it's hot. And I'm just drinking things quickly. Uh, yeah. But that'll and get us... now, oh. a dramatic reading from Man of Steel, number one, page eight, panel four. John. Now I hear the scream... Dramatic reading from Man of Steel, number one, page eight, panel four. And that, what's going to move us into what, John? That'll move us. Well, I was going to say that'll move us into our dramatic reading. I knew oh. that was coming, but I didn't know if we were ready for it. So I was going to do that. There, there was a long pause, so and, I decided just to. And then I wasn't ready it for it because I had a scan. I had a scroll through because I went back for all our news stuff. Uh, okay, that's why that's why I took a little bit longer when I was doing my intro. Oh, part, I, because I, I appreciated every. I, I tried to it. draw it out as much as I could. Um, we didn't really talk about what order we wanted to do the books in at all. Well, we just read uh, some from Superman, Man of Steel. Let's do Man of Steel. Well, I, I feel like to talk about Man of Steel, we have to talk about DC Nation number zero first. Yeah, I would say we do DC Nation number zero first. But John didn't read that one. I didn't read and, that one. Oh, I pulled. I did. I pulled a Chris. We did. I didn't read it. Um, it's okay. Uh, it was one of my books. I, I'm not offended, but John, I think you should definitely go back and read this one. Um, I think I bought that. I got because it was free. I grabbed it. I grabbed it as well. I just never got around to it. Okay, I, I don't remember if this one was free or not. But if it was, I think this is a great value for no dollars. Um, <laughs> it's. It's three stories, and I'm trying to click into Comicsology real quick. The so, Tom King ish, uh, yes. very first story alone this, is worth the three dollars. I, I would like, say if I paid three dollars for that Tom King story I alone, I would have been into it. Um, here we go, because um, yeah, it's three stories. The first one is a Tom King Clayman Joker story. It's, Not even it's Batman. Funny. It's it's Joker. And then the second one is actually going to be from uh, Man of Brian Steel's Michael. Brian Michael Bendis with art by Jose Garcia Lopez. And then the third one, we have the lead-up to Justice League, No Justice. Uh, that one written by, oh my gosh, uh, James Tinian and Scott Snyder. And then there's a free, free backup, which, of, I, uh, I, which I read. I didn't. And it be- wasn't horrible, but it wasn't good. <laughs> See, all of that, I don't even remember what they're calling that little... The Impossibles, the Incredibles, the... Yeah, that whole other side imprint where it's like, oh, we're going to be dark and edgy with these characters that are spitting out of metal. That doesn't... It seems like me. the strange animal, what was it called? Oh, the um... Young Animal. Young Animals. Young Animal. It feels like that stuff, but not as good. See, well, I... Th- but not as artsy. Um, I'm looking at it right now. It's the the new age of heroes. Uh, it's books uh-huh. like Damage, Immortal Men, Silencer, Curse of Brimstone, Sideways, New Challengers, The Terrifics, and Unexpected. It's it reminds me of Wildstorm. It's mm-hmm. just like trying to be like that darker edge. 
but I don't know. I, I really appreciated the young animal stuff just because it was all weird and kind of quirky. And even yeah. like there was some stuff that I didn't like in it. I could appreciate like, oh no, like they're they're trying something like really weird, but okay, it's kind of fucking cool. Like, got it. All right. Um, nothing from New Age of Heroes has has impressed me. Even when they gave us like the first twelve uh, issues of issue one of the Terrifics, I was like, well, now I don't have to buy this book for the look back because I know it's not good. Uh, <coughs> that's besides the point, though. Uh, but that's its own little uh, intro on this. I think, John, you need to go back and read this because it starts off with a Joker story that is a Joker story that you would want to read. It it's is the... Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, same, um, it, the same thing I'm going to say. Yeah, I, I know, and I apologize. For cutting nope. off. But this is basically the Detective Comics... Uh, yeah. So, what was it? Silent Night? It's it's the Joker breaking into... Hanging out with house, Robin? Hanging out with just this guy oh. as he's waiting for his invitation for the Batman Catwoman wedding to come. And it's basically just him holding this guy hostage while he's waiting for the mailman to break. Bring his invitation. John, you remember the uh, Batman animated Have you guys been episode? talking to me long? Because I, I left to go get another beer. Dude, we've been talking to you the whole time. <laughs> uh, because you're our only listener right you, now. You know you can tell us to, to pause. Oh, I just figured you guys were going to talk about this book that I didn't read, and I went and got a yeah, beer. Yeah, and we started because, John, you should have read this book because it starts off with a Joker story. Two of the, two of the issues in it are the ones that we're reviewing. Yeah, but this Joker okay, story John, was written by Tom King. Okay, but is this going to make you guys buy any of the Batman wedding stuff? If it's written by... Is it written by Tom yes, King? Yes, it is. Yep. All of it is. Really? <laughs> this might be a good... I've been right. rolling my eyes and like, even, scrolling past all of that. Even though we just that? described it for the listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, John, it's the Joker... Can I have a crack at it this time? Yeah, go ahead. You, you yeah, I, I, I did it first. You go ahead. All right, John. You remember that uh, one Batman the animated uh, series episode where uh, the guy kind of like cuts off the Joker in in the uh, in the car, and the Joker pulls you know basically pulls him over and is like that wasn't very nice. And he's like, no worries, he can make it up to me one day. Yeah, and then he goes to him later and makes him do some crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like that episode, but written by Tom King, where it just gets creepy and creepier and creepier. Because the build-up intention just ratchets it up. It's the Joker just talking to one person in a room. And just the tension is there, and the creepiness is there, and the dad jokes are just killer. The jokes are actually really funny. That sounds good. It sounds like a Tom King book. I I would read it. Just open up the book and read that one. And then, if you want to keep on reading, you know, keep on reading. It's fine. Are you trying to? Are you, you trying to get me to buy the Tom King bat, like the Batman wedding books? <laughs> yeah. You should. You love Mister Miracle. I, I probably. I probably. I. We obviously we've been hearing good things. Um, bat uh, the jokes and riddles thing that he was doing. Mm-hmm. The the we really enjoyed the Batman date night Halloween date night book. Obviously, I think it, the Tom King Batman book we haven't been reading is something we're desperately looking for. I was going to probably buy this stuff when it comes out in trades. Um, but we know that the Batman Catwoman 
marriage won't last. It that's one sense. of those things, but and it doesn't matter. But <laughs> it does in a some kind of way. You know, it's it's something that's always been there. We've all we all know that Batman and Catwoman are something of a thing. Right. But and in back in the old days they get, did get married and Huntress became, you know, yeah, came about and all that jazz. But uh So why not? Why not now? Cuz they're going to reset it all later. I don't know. They seem pretty lazy about that. They they're not wanting to make they're not wanting to make the DC that we fell in love with our DC anymore. But you do get some good things out of Tom King. Obviously, cuz every this every story. time we read yeah. Batman Anytime we read a Batman uh, Tom King book, we like it. So we should. So why didn't you read this one, John? Because I said I looked at what was in there, and I was like, we don't really, we haven't been caring about the wedding stuff. And two of the stories in it are books we're going to review. Yeah, yeah but, but it, they're not, John. They're not like pages from first, those books. It's uh, actually, it's a zero. It leads up to that. Uh, I thought there's stuff from the books, so I didn't read them. No, they're not. I explained myself. Sir. I crisped this book. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, I I love this Joker mini issue. Uh, just the anticipation of him waiting by the door, waiting for the mail mm-hmm. to arrive. Uh, <laughs> Joker's making just he said the the bad dad jokes. Oh, so good. And then you just you feel for the guy. I can't remember his name now, but he's just sitting there in a chair next to the Joker. Mm-hmm. It's like just kill me now. I can't handle it anymore. You're going to kill me anyways. Let's just get it over with. And, and yeah, and the Joker just doesn't do it. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then there's a great punch to the end. That last panel is so good too because you're like, holy shit! Did Batman really try to save this guy by sending an invite there? Did that actually happen? Like, are, is the next page going to be like? Everything working out okay, and then you know I don't want to spoil it for John. So, but he already left to get another beer. I'm still here. (laughs) Um, that was probably my favorite one of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the next one, Office Space, from Brian Michael Bendis with Jose uh, Luis Garcia Lopez. Was a better Superman's? Oh, I don't know if I can say better Superman story than what we got from Man of Steel, but I think this Superman story definitely fits well into an anthology book, mm-hmm. where it's Superman in the bullpen. It's him telling the story of the story that he's going to be telling. I think it was a great character moment for not Superman but Clark Kent. Yeah, it's a great Clark Kent story. I enjoyed Superman or. Man of Steel number one better because they that, well, hinted that's at su- problems. That's a Superman story too, though. Yeah, they uh, but they also hinted at the problems where this is like they're kind of beating you over the head. Like, no, Lois Lane isn't there anymore. There's a problem between Clark and Lois. Uh, but you know, Clark is still really, really just that really stand up guy. He's like, oh man, when Perry goes off like this, like I get worried for him. So I'm like listening to his heart heartbeat. Nope, he's all right. Trying to figure out his blood, like doing good X-ray scan to see his blood pressure. He's solid as a rock. It's just Perry being Perry, and like him and this Clark trying to do his job, but not really having his heart in it. And Perry White knowing it and be yeah. like, "Come on, Clark, 
where are where are you in this story? And I love that, like that kind of like editor being like, just like realizing that something's off with one of his employees, and like, how can I? I tried to do this and it didn't work. I'm trying to do this and it doesn't work. Like it's a great Perry White story. Hmm. Like Perry White's the hero of this story because uh, he's just trying to be a good boss, and he's trying everything, all, all the little tools in his arsenal to like kind of push and prod Clark Kent I mean, I, that, to that actually write better. Yeah, he's the hero. Clark is the villain, and uh, Perry White wins in the end. He defeats Superman. He Clark runs out of that room. Going to write that story better. Perry wins. Uh, so the next one we have is the kind of lead up to No Justice, uh, the Scott Snyder book that we'll be talking about in a little bit. And I read these out of order because I had read No Justice before I had read the the DC Nation Zero. So I kind of just jumped into that one. I was like, okay, there's a big threat. We have all these other teams kind of come together. John, are you opening a bag of chips? No, my wife brought me an ice cream sandwich. Ah, uh, gotcha. Um, so going to this, it was very, I don't want to say jarring, but it was kind of just like, oh, now I get to be introduced to the teams a little bit more than just seeing the teams and being like, okay, well, it's this one, this one, this one. Uh, I, I think... This is going to be the first DC Universe crossover I read in a while. Because I enjoyed this one more than I thought I was going to. I enjoyed the DC issue. I didn't. Re- I read this one first mm-hmm. before I read No Justice number one. I read Man of Steel first before I read DC Nation number zero. And I kind of flip-flop on which one I enjoyed more. I enjoyed Man of Steel more than uh, the Superman story in this one. But here, I enjoyed No Justice Prelude uh, Prelude more than No Justice Number 1, because I feel like this got you right into the action. Here are the characters. They're teamed up because they got to throw this villain off of, you know, off kilter and everything. And it's just a crazy mix-up. And then when we read, when we get into the actual No Justice Number 1, it's like, no, they were all kidnapped by Brainiac. And I'm like, oh, so Brainiac's a Beyonder now? This is basically Batter World. Kulu. Uh, I, uh, I really dug the art on this, too. I have to look and see who did uh, Joshua Williamson. Yeah. Uh, uh, George Jimenez on art on this. Joshua Williamson is one of the writers. Oh, is it? In I'm the sorry. prelude. Yep. George Jorge. Ho- oh, you're right. Jorge George? Jimenez. Yeah. My bad. Jorge. It, it's yeah. kind of small on the screen when I was looking at it. My bad. I apologize. No worries. I'm on the title screen where it has all the breakdowns of everybody still. So Cool. Thank you. Uh, but no, I, I really dug this a lot, and I think that's we can move over into No Justice Number One. John, you ready? I'm slightly ready. <clears throat> I'm still logged into someone else's account. Hmm. I was waiting to know when to go. Oh, I'm in mine. Let's do No Justice Number One. Yeah, let's do No Justice Number One. No justice. No peace. Number one. That wasn't the book I wanted. These aren't the dro- uh, no these aren't the droids I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, okay, go for it, Paul. You had the you got the team. This is Scott Snyder and uh, James Tillian and Francis Manipold on art. And this is as Paul said, Brainiac is making his own Justice League to fight these kind of beyonder elder gods. The Omega Titans. The Omega Titans. They're bad news. 
they're not teens anymore. They're the last Titans. Who are the ones that created, like, magic, and they're heroic, and they're villainy, and they're this, they're that. They're all, like, what, four emotions kind of a thing? The four great powers of the universe. Entropy, wisdom, uh, and I don't remember. Magic was one of them. Wonder. Wonder. Not magic. Wonder. Wonder. Which means Brainiac has to pull together teams to be able to fight these characters and but only from earth oh uh, no, i mean he's got starro he's got lobo oh that's true uh sinestro yeah. he's got other villains that we know and um pulling these teams together and then uh what really seals the deal is he's really explained it thoroughly to batman mystery is the fourth uh really explained it well to batman where Batman can then explain it to everybody. Hey, hey, settle down, guys. We need to form teams. He's okay, and he's given us these cool purple light-up suits. I think I explained it perfectly. I think so. Um, I, I'm going back looking at it now, and there's nothing wrong with the artwork. I like the Francis Manipal art, but after seeing the Zero issue with who was it, Paul? I'm like, I'm sorry. Uh, the writer? The, no, the artist. Uh, oh, uh, George Jimenez. Yeah, Jorge, the, Jorge Jimenez. Uh, I think that artwork is just so bombastic and energetic that that's that's the artwork I want to see. Man, I really like the I really like the Francis Manipole art. It's really sketchy, but it doesn't come across as as energetic. Yeah. Like, usually with Manipole, I get a lot more energy from this, from his work. In this, I, you know, it's very static. It's not as dynamic as I'm used to. I can see that. Maybe. Uh, John, as if you needed more prodding, but go check out the DC Nation number zero. I'm down, the, I'm downloading it now. Yeah, check out the zero issue, like, as the lead up to this, because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's not a bad story. It's really cool. It made me be like, all right, this is the DC crossover I want to watch because I, it's very much the X-Mening of the DC universe where it's like, hey, we have all these different Justice League teams all built of these crazy different characters. I, I kind of like seeing them introduced this way instead of just like X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, X-Men Red. Mm-hmm. Seeing everyone kind of together first and then seeing where they go kind of hooked me in a little bit more. And it's a, f- it was a, for, for March or May, it was, it was a four issue weekly book at two ninety nine, And, uh, I bought the first two. I didn't, I liked issue one. I liked this book. I'm definitely there to check it out. I didn't read issue two yet. Cause I was waiting for us to review it. And I even thought about saying, "Hey, let's um, let's actually read all four for a thing." But I never got around to making that a thing for us. But yeah, yeah. it does seem it seems more bombastic because it's these characters actually like fighting. 
fighting um Brainiac. Celestials. Oh, oh, Brainiac. Yeah, I was going to say, it was funny reading this book after reading Avengers number one. It's like, okay, so both companies decided to go <laughs> they, they're going bigger to... than big. Uh, mm-hmm. But it feels like DC got it out in uh, four issues in, in yeah. one month versus the Marvel, like, long, drawn-out book. Oh, man. This, I, man, I'm kind of glad, like... At least with a zero issue from DC Nation, you have like Supergirl going up there talking with uh, Green Arrow and be like, "Oh shit, no yeah. one these uh, Omega, th- they they're actually here at Earth." So, there, oh, uh, no justice meaning. Hmm? Sorry, there's that sorry. that panel of Green Arrow just like standing there looking up though. As soon as I saw that panel, I was like, "That's that's gorgeous!" Like, and that's what made mm-hmm. me really go back and take note of the artwork. Yeah, it's just a cool panel. I don't know. And, and then when she gets up there and she realizes, that it, you know, the fight is actually here on Earth and all the A-listers have been brainiacked away, beyonded away, to fight on Hulu. Yeah, or, and then they, spoilers, uh, always spoilers, they just wind up stuck there pretty much because Brainiac gets his <laughs> brain blown up. By Amanda Waller. By Amanda Waller and her, like, team of hijacked psychics. Uh, it, It's a crazy out there just weird crossover that I didn't know I wanted, but now I know I needed it. Yeah. The one thing is like the source wall's always been such a big deal and the bleed and like crossing over. Oh, you can't break the source wall. And they finally do with X-Men or dark metal, whatever Batman, dark metal. Well, even before that, I was, Years ago, with the power of the White Lantern, Kyle Rayner was able to get through it. So it's not... Yeah, but it's always been like one of these epic things, and the thing that comes out of it is, oh, now there's a bunch of new heroes, it's the Tetrican Mist of the DC Universe, and also, oh, now we have the Omega Titans come through. It's like, I don't know, I, I don't know if anything could live up to the breaking of the Source Wall, well, for me, because it's like that thing that you—it's that rule that never gets broken. Mm-hmm. It's that ultimate threat that you just—that line that you just can't cross. And now that they broke it, it's like, oh, that's what it does. Well, the Source Wall Two was a big thing with the Green Lantern book when Hal Jordan had the Luigi backpack that gave him all the colors of the mm-hmm. the spectrum. Like that was a thing back for that with the. The new gods and the Green Lantern crossover. In 52, it was a big thing. And yeah. with, like, afterwards, it was a big thing with uh, Lex Luthor when he was part of the, you know, was heading up uh, Action Comics. Like, it's that omnipresent, like, oh, it, it's that mystery box that will never be solved. And now we kind of opened it up and solved it, and this is what happens. And I'm kind of like, all, nonplussed by it? All I know is I'm getting a Justice League dark book with Detective Chimp wielding a magical sword and Wonder Woman on the same team. Okay. Like, I'm oh. sold on that. I'm sold on that alone. And we'll read for no, June, I, I, June look back, we'll read the, you know, the event, uh, the Justice League book and where the team is spun out from there and we'll figure it, we'll mm-hmm. figure it all out, but... I'm kind of excited about these teams and the fact like you have not in this book, but you have like Starro like whispering things into Martian Manhunter's ears to try to 
tweak his brain. Like, there's some good things that are going to come from this book if you continue reading the issues. Uh, I thought you were going to say we should read number two for June. I was going to be like, yeah, I, I totally want to read number two. I actually think we <clears throat> should read all four and do an episode on just all four books. Okay, I'm, I could do that, yeah. <clears throat> that might be all right. Yeah, you can put <laughs> that, it on the dock. That might be all right. That might be uh, all right. Well, do you want to go to Man of Steel number one, since that's also uh, coming out of the DC yeah. Nation number two? Or do you want to go to Avengers number one, which also has gigantic space creatures? Let's, let's do uh, let's do uh, Avengers. All right, so uh, jump over into Avengers number one. I have to get out of where I'm at now. Paul, you bought this book, right? No, no that was actually one of mine. Oh. Yeah, I picked up Avengers. I was Man of Steel. Man of Steel boy. Number one. Yeah. He's a Man of Steel boy. Mm-hmm. For some reason, it's telling me my capture didn't work. You know, I just had a click in a box. I know. You're a robot. I, I just, clicked, your I just robot, said, Chris. I'm not a robot. Yeah. Didn't nope. believe. You're, you're so, Avengers number one brought to us by Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis coming out in the beginning of May... And this is, uh, Paul, why don't you go in? No, oh, Chris, you go into it. It's your book. Yeah, uh, this kind of starts off with the original Avengers that we had already seen in Jason Aaron's. I don't know if it was the Unworthy Thor or Mighty Thor. He shared this group with us before. Yeah, he, it was in one of Jason Aaron's books where he was like, okay, like I'm going to introduce the original, original Avengers, the OGs from Time Uncounted, where it's Odin... The actual Phoenix Force, Agamotto of the Eye of Agamotto fame, the Starbrand, who's basically Nova Hulk? Yeah, uh, uh, Starbrand, Cap- uh, yeah, Captain marvel the, the, the Spirit of Vengeance is there. Who else? Uh, Black Panther and Iron Fist. Yeah, yeah Black Panther and like, Iron Fist. They're, like, they're original avatars, too. Uh, it's them going up against an ancient threat that they don't know if they're going to be able to defeat. They don't count on it at all. Um, that sets the stage, and then we're introduced again to Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, and Thor getting together for a drink, just deciding, like, hey, you know what? We need to lead the Avengers again. Yes, there's other people that can do this and then have done it, but it needs to be us. Like, we need to be the ones. Um, and while they're having this discussion, mass hysteria breaks out across the globe, uh, which introduces us to the other members that are going to be joining the Avengers. Uh, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, so on and so forth, uh, Ghost Rider, She-Hulk, all these characters that we've seen their previous avatars join together one more time to face the exact same threat. Uh, I have to say, I actually really enjoyed this book. It's a weird mashup of characters coming together. I like that it's very team buildy, even though it hits on a lot of the same notes as No Justice, where it's someone's out there killing Celestials and their bodies are falling to Earth. Uh, and now our Earth-level heroes are going to have to team up against these gigantic, bigger-than-gods type threats. The Omega Celestials. <laughs> Something like that. What, the final... Final, at, final form? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Final, final vessel. I'm, I'm clipping through to get to the, uh, Earth Now, the final host. That's what it was. Host. Um, I don't, I actually, I really enjoyed this a lot more so than I thought I was going to going into it. Uh, nothing against the creative team. I really enjoyed Jason Aaron's writing. I couldn't place who the artwork was at first. Oh, come on. Uh, the chins? No. No, I mean, okay, looking at it now, like, everything's very big and exaggerated, but it's not as, and I hate using this word for comic books, but it's not as cartoony as Ed McGinnis' style used to be. Like, he, he used to have just, like, that very, like, it was really blocky art style, and I haven't read anything from him in a while, and I feel like he's kind of moved beyond that. Like, some panels I can still see it. There, there's the Ed McGinnis, uh, Batman, Superman, Mark Wade look. Then there was the Jason Aaron, Ed McGinnis, X-Men, which we all said was the best kind of version of his artwork because yeah. it was less like his artwork. And then there's this, which the art in this book took me out of the book. I didn't love the art in this at all. Yeah, it was the second worst art that we read. This really, month. I'm surprised. I just the cap, the, the stuff in the pre, the million years ago wasn't as bad, but the stuff with Cap, Iron Man, and Thor, it was just they they looked awful. That's re- that's looked, really where I got I fell out of this book. I was like, like the thing with She Hulk walking down the street. I'm like, okay, is that Jessica Jones? Is that Who's this? And then when she hulks out, I'm well, like, oh, okay. I, I think that's that's exactly how it's supposed to be. Like, you're not supposed to know who she is until she has that, like, Hulk out moment. Because hmm. she's just supposed to be, like, some not to the script person, you know, walking down, walking the, street, down the street. And then she gets hassled, and it's like, oh. Because honestly, like, if I told you to draw uh, Jennifer Walters, like, how, yeah, how would you draw Jennifer Walters and have me know who that is? You know what? Be. Go ahead. I, I would have her wearing a t-shirt saying, I heart, heart Hulk. <laughs> but, I mean, on their own, like, these characters, until they're in costume, it yeah. doesn't matter. I, I think he does a good job with uh, Robbie Reyes, the current, I was going to say, new Ghost Rider. Like, you know who he is. You can tell Doctor Strange, because he looks like Doctor Strange. You can tell Thor, tell Iron Man. It's I have no problems with, like, the quote-unquote, like, human ultra-ego versions of these characters. Uh, no. They're a little bit anime. Captain America that's, that's, that's on that's the final... Captain America yeah. on the final page yelling Avengers Assemble looks awful. Like, I, it, the, the, the only thing I really like with his book was the first couple pages with the BC... Justice League, and then whenever the Celestials appear on screen, like, they are the ones that look the best in his art style. The art took me out of this book. I was just slogging through it. It made me care very, very little for this book, and it just felt over over wordy for what was going on. It was over explain it felt like it was over explaining everything in the book that's just i like my opinion i did like the bar scene where you know i didn't think it was over wordy i enjoyed mm. the 
characters kind of bickering with each other, but not really bickering, just being like, they all know where they need to get to, but they all, but, you know, Tony especially, like, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Like, guys, come on. I'm, I just got out of coma. And everything you say to me makes me wish I was back in that coma. Like, like I can understand that. That's like friends talking, and yeah. I enjoyed that bit. And then everything, all hell starts breaking loose, and I'm like, you know what, though? I kind of want more just Avengers beer meeting. I just kind of want that. Let's let's get them to like hang out and be like, okay, no, we're going to be in the core group. Who in very small? We'll get some some other people to fill out this roster. Like if they broke out like a couple uh, photos and a couple uh, bios. <laughs> That's what I'm I looking forward to for book. Teen Titans coming out. That's I want te- like Teen Titans to be pictures on a table while they talk about like pros and cons. Exactly. If that's what happened with the rest of this book, I would have loved it. I would have been like, awesome. What? And then Celestial started falling from the sky, and I'm like, oh, shit, what's what's up with the, uh, this? I thought all the Celestials were dead like from a long time ago. Why is this a thing now? But, you know, I, final I, host. I, I sure. really dug this book, and I'm sad to hear that you guys didn't like it as much. Um, I, I'm probably going to be buying Avengers. Like, I don't know for how yeah. long, but this this guy that's hooks in me, like both Avengers and No Justice, like the two big like team books, caught my attention coming out of uh, the May Look Back. It was a lot better than Coda. Hey, um, <laughs> well, where do we want to go next? Do we want to talk about Man of Steel since that was the spinoff, or do we want to go into Star Wars Lando Double or Nothing because we're already let's, logged let's in do there. Lando because we're already okay. logged in there. Uh, yeah, double or nothing. Both both Paul and I have not seen Solo, so we okay. don't know the voice of this Lando and if it fits um, with the movie. Wait, here's here's the thing: if you know the voice of the Lando from Empire Strikes Back, and then we did read the other Lando book that came out. I don't know if we read. We more did. Of them. We did issue one for Look Back. We never read any more. Okay, because um, I have the trade. I picked it up when there was a Star Wars sale on Comixology. And I think I did uh, the same thing. Because it was cheap, and I was like, yeah, you know, why not? Uh, I have to say, coming out of this, even coming out of Solo, Lando is a fantastic character. I think this book does a great job of not just capturing uh, Donald Glover's take on Lando Calrissian, but also more of the Lando that we had in um, the Lando book that came out a couple years ago from the Marvel Star Wars line that spun out of the uh, the Lando that we got from Empire. Like, he's just he's just a cool dude that's always going to be in control of any situation he's in until he finally lets you know that, okay, no, I'm not in control of this. But he's going to play it cool leading up to it. Uh, this was written by Rodney Barnes, art by Paolo Villanella, uh, it's it's Lando on a job, I, and I don't know what else to say. After that, it's really set into the beginnings of the Empire, where they're starting to close their fists around the galaxy, and you get those people that are finally starting to kind of slip through it, and they hear good things about this Lando guy, so they're going to go to him. And since you guys haven't seen Solo, let me know how you guys feel, kind of. Like coming into and coming out of this book, uh, 
I don't agree that this is the voice of Lando that we've gotten in the movies or in that Lando book. Uh, I didn't like this Lando. And I know he's supposed to be a scoundrel. And I love the voice of Lando that was in that Lando book. Uh, I think I picked up that first issue and then later on I grabbed the first trade. I didn't like this Lando. This is my least favorite book of Wow, really? The of the month. Did you read Coda? I did. I I liked Coda. Uh but yeah, this one I just it just didn't do it for me. I think at moments um the art does look like Donald Glover and it's definitely capturing what those characters look like in the movie, but uh, as a whole, I'm I'm good with never having to read any more of this book. It was a I just didn't like I didn't like anything about it. This the only one thing that I ever got from Lando Calrissian from Empire Strikes Back is he's a character that gets in over his head and then comes out worse worse for it. Like oh, how did he lose to the Millennium Falcon? Oh, he lost it in a game of cards with Han Solo? Like, obviously, he got in over his head in that game and, like, lost his shirt. How did you lose Sky City? How did you lose Sky City? How did he lose Bespin? He'd made a deal with the Emperor, Empire and got in over his head. And, you know, the deal got worse. And he prayed that it wouldn't get any. The, wheel, the deal didn't get renegotiated again. How did you become a Garden Jedi? Uh, uh, what's his name's palace? The worm dude. Oh, well, that's because, you know... Yeah, he was going to get his buddy signed out. up for that. Yeah. He's getting his buddy out. He's getting he's his buddy out. stepping up. But he doesn't make any... De- but he... In this book, like, I was expecting him to be wheeling and dealing. And he does a little bit with that one merchant. Be like, hey, this isn't this kind of skin. This is this other kind of skin. And I like that part. And I like his interior designing. I like him being like, hey, this is what we're going to do with the ship. It's going to be like a casino, floating casino. It's going to be like the place to be. Like, being a scoundrel and smuggling, you know, that's not really for me. That's not my business. I want to wheel and deal. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then this becomes just a smuggling mission. And he never feels like he got Well, I mean, they're not going to make a whole series of Lando panning out where he wants to hang things up in the Falcon. It's... I know, but... You know what I mean? But it didn't feel like the story was about him wheeling and dealing either. Like, it feels like he took this job and then he realizes this woman he, he, probably well, can't pay him. he took this job because he was promised something in in the wheeling and dealing. But also, right. like... And in, now he's already, he's already caught up in it. So, like, you were saying before, John, even, like, this is a man that makes the deals and then winds up in over his head. Now you're seeing Lando in over his head. And... We know where this is going to go because this is going to lead right up to him in Solo, which leads up to him basically losing everything. But the other thing is like, oh, uh, uh, this alien's coming to kill me. Eh, get a ticket. Everybody wants to kill me. I'm not worried about you. And, and then, then he's, he's like, worried oh, about him. that guy's going to kill me. You're going to pay him off? Okay. It was like, all of a sudden it was like, whoop, the coin turned. And I don't understand why the coin turned Except for that woman said, let's get out of here. And he was like, okay, let's go. And then they're running. Yeah, 
And I'm like, oh, they're and, running because it's a comic book. And then I and they need to make it an action scene. And then I couldn't tell, like, right before she left him and he said he was going to think about it, did she kiss him? Like, it looks like she goes in for oh, yeah. a kiss, but you can't really tell. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, well, that lady kissed me, so we're going to do this. But John, only for the money. If you can kiss, if you can kiss Lando Calrissian, you kiss Lando Calrissian. Well, <laughs> I don't care. Listen, I don't care about your orientation. Uh, Billy you just D- do that. Billy D. Williams or Donald Glover. I'll kiss them. I don't care. Does, doesn't but matter. This is it, Lando. No, it's you lay one on Lando. Dent. <laughs> it's only. Uh, I'm saying you lay one on Lando, and that should be a T-shirt. <laughs> But like even like when he's like fighting like he's he's on the guns and he's calling how to maneuver away from these tie fighters like everything seemed like it was trying to force this story Grab into Star bravo, Wars bravado and I I didn't I didn't like anything except for that first moment Paul like you said like eh, maybe a velvet painting of Elvis over yeah. in the corner like yeah that was that was the part of this book that I liked the most. That was fun. And then the rest of the book started, and I went, uh-uh, I'm cool. I don't need it. He never, I never felt like he felt like he had the up. Like, if he got into that, this whole that's agreement. the whole thing with Lando. We've yeah. already discussed it. Like, he's the guy that likes to think he's in charge, and he's got a hand on the situation. He's not. But I but never felt not, like he. No, he's not. Though. Even felt it. But he's he's acting like he does, even when he's being stared down by that alien that wants to kill him, and he's like, "Oh, if I if I had a credit for every time that happened," and then finally someone pulls him out of there when there's a brawl starting. He's like, "Okay, yeah, I'm like okay, we're good with this now." He's not in control of the situation. He never is. I think this, he, but he. That, that's that's the wheeling and dealing. It's not him necessarily like talking about fabrics. It's him just making the deal to get away, save his life for the day. I yeah. I don't know. Maybe if we saw if we had seen Solo, we might have appreciated the book more. But this was I don't know. This just didn't it didn't do it for me. I liked it more than John. I just. Those moments, Chris, and I agree that now that you're pointing them out to read them the way that you kind of read them, I can kind of get that a little bit more because that's what I was looking for in this book. Like, I started off with being like, hey, this is the guy that always seems like he has the upper hand, or always feels like he has the upper hand. And maybe I came into it being like, this guy never has the upper hand. Well, because so spoilers just, for I the other uh, the other Lando series, it's it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's yeah. Lando doing a job that blows up in his face and then he's constantly just trying to dig his way out of it but then things are continuing to go wrong and he's like he's got Lobot there because then everyone else that's on the like job with him is turning on him but he's always, he's Lando he's he's playing it cool like he knows what's going to happen even though he's he's just trying to stay alive yep. I don't know I'm, I will be picking up the rest of this I enjoyed this i, I, I enjoyed it. the other lando book um I, I i think the lando stuff some of the most fun things that we've gotten out of the uh i don't want to say the expanded star wars comic book universe 
But the Marvel but comic like book the, uh, I guess like the standalone kind of stories. You know, besides Vader, but like the Obi-Wan and Anakin book. Uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this one, so I'm sorry you guys didn't. It's okay. I, I It was good. Not great. I enjoyed it more than some of the other books we read. Well, even though we all didn't agree on Star Wars, Lando, Double or Nothing, we can at least agree on the fact that, hey, comic books are better with a beer next to you. Yeah. And Chris, I'm drinking a beer that you've already heard about. It's the Hamburg Brewing Company's 2-2 Mango. It's a mango-licious ale. That's what it says on the label. So all your beers are really fruity today. Yeah, I went with fruity, and I thought would be lower ABV. This is 4.8%, so I only screwed up on one. Uh, I went with, like, fruity ales. I wanted fruity IPAs. I just wanted something to cut through this heat. Uh, I do have central air. I just am a cheap, cheap son of a gun, and I don't turn it on. That is the truth, listeners. (laughs) I will... Well, also because we're recording, and it that would come in through the background, and I'd rather suffer through and drink gold beer with you guys than uh, have the fans all going in the background. So, uh, Tutu Mango, man, that hits that mango like there's a mango tang that hits you right up front, and then it disappears. It's like a ghost of beer. It's it's a sucker punch of beer. It's not bad. It's right in the same lanes as the other two. I'm glad I got these all in the Craft Your Own pack. Um, they're not great. I'm glad I tried them so I know not to spend my money on, like, a full pack of these. You know, not a six-pack or a four-pack. Yeah, but, Paul, for... They're not bad. For the for the fact that we've been drinking craft beer for years, you should have known to steer away from those two breweries. Yeah, but what was I got, Like, the other choices I had was... Hell or High Water. Oh, that's a good one. Which was, which is a good one, but we had on the show before, and I know it's good. So I threw one of those into my six-pack. You know, it's like, and then uh, the Express Tangerine from Stone. That's a pretty good one. That one's good. I've had that that's on a good the show. Beer. Yeah. That's We've a good never beer, had so it. We've actually never six-pack. had it on the show. Wait, really? I think we, yeah. I think we have. I don't oh, think, uh, I've never. I've, I bought it. Paul, I've never had times. it. What? It's really good. Yeah, you should have it. I've heard. I only have one, so I'm not giving it to oh, you. You, oh, sorry. you son of a bitch. All the good beer I've given you over the years. <laughs> ah, 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 sorry, John. You wouldn't have half of the good beers if it wasn't for me. Everything I've shared. I only got the one in my sick craft in my own six-pack. Yeah. What can I do? I think you've had it before because I've... Bought it in a like a six pack. Before. I've never had it. Express tangerine, and so like, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just pull these three. We'll see how they go. And then uh, the Robach, the last of my six pack uh, was the Robach uh, hop hop drop, and we'll see how that is. Uh, well, one, it's out of code. It's past its prime. Best mm. Buy date has been passed. Oh, that's why I was in craft your own. Apparently, did you buy these at my my store? No, oh. I was on. I was working up in North Transit. So okay, I stopped on the one up there. I was I was really confused. Home. Like what? Because <laughs> you should have. I bought these all today. Yeah. We should have made an extra drive to me 
Because I would have gotten you good beer for your your craft beer. Well, it's okay. This these weren't bad. They weren't anything to write the soldiers about. Nope. To recoin a recoin a phrase, a a show term. Chris, what are you reading? John? What are you reading, oh. but, or what are you? Chris, are you what drinking la- beer? What beer or are label you are you beer? reading? Or are you going to uh, drink a beer and then read what the beer is to me? Well, I can read the label on my beer and then drink the beer and then read you. I don't. Hey, I don't know. It got away from me. Break it all uh, down to me, buddy. What do you got? I'm going to break it down right now. My next beer is a coconut cream ale from Shalafli. Uh, brewing out of St. Louis. Uh, fun story about Shalafli. This is actually a brewery I had been to years ago when I went to go visit Lexi when she was in St. Louis, Missouri, or on the outskirts of Missouri, uh, training for work. So I flew up there for like a weekend. Uh, we went to the St. Louis Museum, which is basically like a giant playground for adults. It's a really cool place. And then we saw that there was this brewery close by, so we just stopped by there for a couple drinks. Uh, nothing that I had there really wowed me, but it was just kind of more something to do in an afternoon. But when I went to my beer store to get beer for the show for this week, they had a whole end cap of stuff from Shalafli. And it was actually a brewery direct for them, so they didn't deal with the distributor on this. Like They get it right from their brewery. And I thought it was really cool that they had stuff from this place they had been to like five or six years ago that it was a really small place. There was no reason for it to be anywhere else really. So I kind of passed by all the usual offerings that I probably would have had when I was there. Uh, and I grabbed up their coconut cream ale because this is a special release, uh, 5.5% ABV. So basically Paul, all of my beers have been smaller than yours today. <laughs> and I went in with, with nothing besides being like, oh, this sounds good. This sounds good. Um, I'm trying to find the bottle by date. Uh, I can't make it out. It's kind of kind of been mangled by the moisture from the bottle. Um, but this is a really nice coconut cream mail. Um, cream mail up front, It's it straddles that line of like, oh, this could be like a skunky just like, well beer that you get somewhere uh but then you get that coconut pop that comes in on the back end you get that nice nuttiness on it a uh, bit of a sweet it's really good i don't mind having a six pack of this in my fridge just for long days after work the only thing i remember about your trip to st louis is when I was very jealous because it's uh, it's the first time that you were able to find and have. I, I got Scott Brewing. Scott Brewing, which I still haven't. I do. I no, we had it uh, the first time we came down to visit you in Florida. You yeah. gave us some. Yeah, I had some of it because they uh, had it like again. They had a brewery direct end cap at uh, Total Wine where I go for yeah. beer every week. I, I don't know. And, I don't know um, what kind of back alley deals they're they're cutting to get that kind of stuff in, <laughs> but it's cool to see like different breweries all coming in. Like they've had a Jack's Abbey one before, uh, Shalafly this time. Voodoo, Voodoo, the Voodoo got a bunch of stuff from Voodoo. So, uh, which I, I think is crazy. You that. had Voodoo before we did. We have I have it now on my shelves, but you had it really? before me. Which one? Like the Black Magic? Uh, or, we have. Um, the one Belgian one, um, 
I don't know. I got a Belgian one in their IPA, one of their IPAs. But, the, but that's the thing. Like I, I like going there because they always have, you know, a special section for all the Florida-based brewing companies. They have your typical stuff that's available nationwide. But when you can see the things that they get, just like hey, Brewery Direct, I, I always take note of it. That's all. Yeah. And to say. Uh, that's what Chris has to say. And I am drinking another soon-to-be-released beer, and this is coming from Stone Brewery. And we said what? It's pronounced Idolastris. Uh, oh, I can't remember. I have to look at it again. Uh, but oh, I this... clicked on the wrong tab. Idolatrous. Idolatrous IPA. Chris, uh, Chris says that's how you say it. I believe him. He's a smarter man than me. And this is an IPA brewed with El Dorado and Mosaic hops. This is part of their hop worship series. 7%. This, um, at my first couple sips, I wasn't sure if I liked it. But what this beer has is a nice little hop bite in the front. And then it has this really nice, like, bready finish to it. And I like... At this point, I like this beer more than the Fat Heads. Like, it's something a little bit different. The hops really lay something on your tongue that is um, not something you normally get in a stone. Uh, I think the Tangerine Express and this do that, Paul. They don't give you those normal stone flavors. Um, And this is something that I would say, like, uh, IPA fans... People who just like IPAs, not people who go crazy for the New Englands or the juice bombs, but just somebody who likes an IPA. When you see this out, if it's on its own in a six-pack or if it's in their variety pack, I think you should check it out. It's a really nice, different mouthfeel of an IPA. I like it. And I've had four IPAs tonight. Uh, do you like it well, you're better? You're home and you're not driving, so it's okay. I'm at home, and my wife brought me an ice cream sandwich. Do you like it? She better? got herself some Ben and Jerry's though. So, do you like it better than their uh, offerings as they have for stuff like the Enjoy Buy or Enjoy Afters? Because when you said you had a stone, that's initially what I thought you were going to go for. Um, I say I like it better than an Enjoy Buy. Okay. I don't like it. So far, I don't like it more than an Enjoy After. An Enjoy After, I think, is a more of a complex beer with the bretomyces that continues to change that beer. Uh, Paul, the next time we get together, we should drink that other Enjoy By that we have that's two years old now. Um, enjoy By or Enjoy, enjoy After? Enjoy After. Okay. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't drink an Enjoy By two years later. No, no, you shouldn't even drink it when it's getting close to that expiration date. Um, and they just put out a new beer called like, um, fire movie lion or something. I forget what it's called, but fear, fear movie, fear movie lion. Uh, that beer is not very good. Um, they call it a new, people are posting. They call it a new England IPA. It's just a West coast double. There's nothing new Englandy about it. And, um, it's 8%. Or higher in it, you really get that booze to it. Um, but I'd say this uh, 
This beer is good. I like it a lot. It's got a uniqueness to it. I think that's what really sells the Tangerine Express, which was Tangerine Express started as a limited edition bomber bottle that sold better than anything they'd ever put out in a bomber bottle. So they kept it year round, still sold amazing. And then somebody was smart enough to go, maybe we should put this in six packs. And they did. And it's been probably one of their best moving beers in years. Um, But I'd put this right under, I mean, I enjoy stone beers. I enjoy that they go to some extremes and where they come from with those. But this would be a beer that I would throw in a craft pack. I might not buy a six-pack, but I'd buy it in a a six-pack that you make yourself or if it was in a variety pack with their their stone and their ruination IPAs and maybe something else. It's Uh, good. I I knew I had had the Tangerine Express. I couldn't remember what I thought of it, but I gave it a three and a half on Untapped, so I, I enjoyed it. Oh, they have it... Untapped is a great app because I just searched for this beer just to see like what I had put it at because I had checked into it before, uh, and then it tells me that I can actually get it at my beer store because it's within ten miles. Yeah, it's a good app. You go Untapped, thank you. No, it's also a good app. Comicsology—that's where we get our old uh, comic books now. Yeah, and-, and that's where I got Man of Steel number one. Uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by uh, Ivan Reese. Rice, right? No, Rice. We had a whole discussion it. about how we we did, but we had that to was say a, it that was like twenty minutes of John talking ago. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think hey, we always so, said Rice, uh, and then we decided because we were always wrong, it has to be Reese. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm Chris in books, and I'm Paul in talk. <laughs> Paul in talk. And this. This story is all about uh, Superman just hanging out, doing Superman stuff, saving people from bare name buildings. All the while, uh, apparently this uh, Rigler, whatever his name is. Okay, I, I the guy with the big axe. Name, but it's a character that they introduced in the Extra Comics 1000 that came out mm-hmm. last Rikor. month. Uh, Rogal Voss? Rogal Zar. Rogal Zar. Rogal That's it. It doesn't matter because yeah. it, it's going to be a thing, it, and then it's not because it's a stupid premise. Well, uh, apparently, it's, it's basically just another big, bad, terrible villain that who's gray. Yeah, who's gray? <laughs> that super strong that only <laughs> Superman will be able to defeat after much hardship. Mm-hmm. Uh, who might just defeat Superman? Oh, he hates Krypton. Oh, he hates him so much. The, my favorite part of this is the council of big floating heads, though. <laughs> like it's yeah. Like you got the guy from Ran and Thanagar and from uh, the Guardian, and then Scarlet Witch's dad. And then <laughs> I, <laughs> that was a good one, Paul. Because I thought the same thing. And uh, then I think it's the uh, from, the lightning bolt. Uh, hmm. You got you got got, uh, what Iceman looks like now. You have uh, Odin with two eyes. You got a guy. You got Lex Luthor wearing sunglasses, protective glasses. John, I already did. I know. I'm just saying. Like, it's a good. He's copping your bit. Copping your bit. It's a good looking splash page, though. I think it looks. uh, The art looks great. Yeah, the art's fantastic in this. But nothing can be mine. uh, No, no hate on this book because I mean I don't read a lot of Superman books, and. 
this has basically everything I would want from a Superman book. It's, you know, Clark Kent schlubbing around the Daily Planet being Superman. Uh, Superman being Superman where he's trying to be the best and inspire people. And then you have big bad villain talking about how much he hates everything and he's going to be the end of it all. It's, Chris, it's remember... Oh, go ahead. No, it's basically a Superman book that I would write if you had to make me write a Superman book. It probably wouldn't be this good, but it, it hits all of those notes that you would expect, you know, a Superman book to hit. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But And just remember, one of the big big things, it's Superman reminding us about how he's not Batman. <laughs> there is a moment. Which is huge. Which is... <laughs> just, just, uh, 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 this is my favorite book of the month that we read. Wow! wow. Uh, I really, and it's it's not the the big villain. It's stuff. not DC Nation Zero. No, it's it's this it, it is the Superman moment. That's... It's that guy. It's it's um, Heatwave telling Firefly, "Keep it down! Don't he? He's listening for buzzwords, and you're saying them. He's gonna get us, and then it's like." What? No, he's in Tangier. Like, he's not going to get us. And then all of a sudden, they're swooped out. Uh, it's the Superman, like, uh, listening to a girl sing a song to a friend that's a cover. And he's really enjoying it. And he's trying to figure out the song. Mm-hmm. But then he's like, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't. I should not have invaded their privacy. There's so many good mm-hmm. Superman moments in this the Superman book. talking to a redhead with a first and last name that's something or other no i can't that's not an ll so it doesn't matter it's a melody more melody more what's it called when like the names you mean it's uh stanley wrote it um yeah like peter parker (laughs) melody more lana lang like whatever they call they're uh oh my goodness yeah see i'm sorry i started down this path because we're, you can we're o- both suffering from that word you that means only, like having it on the tip of your tongue. You can only give up at this point in hopes that you remember it later. Uh, but yeah, as soon as you see it's like, oh, he's he's helping out at a fire, and firefighter takes their helmet off and is like, oh, it's a redhead. There, There's going to be sparks there. Fire jokes. Um, it, it's not a bad book. Uh, I'm just surprised that this was your favorite because while it's an enjoyable read... It, it's kind of middle of the pack for me because it hits those notes that like a Superman number one, you would want it to hit on. But how often have we had a Superman book hit on those notes? It's a rare occasion. Yeah, it's a rare occasion, but I mean, it's hitting on the notes that I want to hit on. So I guess expectations met. So like, I'm not wowed by it, but I'm not thinking like, Oh, like this isn't good. Like, I would read, you know, the next one. I would, I would see this arc through, because you do get those moments of Clark being Clark, Clark. And this is Brian Michael. Get the. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, But then it it does tie in at the end with, you know, it's Clark and Superman as the family man too. Like you get to see that, throws you at like a cliffhanger. Yeah, which makes you think that maybe it was a fire because he's having that flash. He's, you see in the uh, square, and I just caught this now as we're repaging through it. Like he, 
as Clark or Superman is using his X-ray vision to try to figure out what the cause of the fire is, he's having those like memories come through. Clark, Dad, what is that? Like that's happening while he's X-raying the building, and then again right before the cliffhanger, he's he's kind of dwelling on this moment. So it's a pretty big moment, and maybe that explains why Lois isn't at the Daily Planet. And uh, what's been going on? This is a weekly book. It's going to oh, only it? be six issues. Two, it's yep. uh, so every, issue four every, came out. Isn't it every two weeks? No, it's weekly. Every week. Since this came out, there's going to be six issues. Uh, issue four just came out this uh, yesterday, and I picked that up as well. So if you guys like it, we can you guys can keep on reading. Uh, it. No, I, I I definitely will. Uh, I, I like everything par- other than uh, Rygar Zor. Like, he's the least interesting, uh, interesting part of it, this book. Um, I like the mystery of, like, okay, what's up with him and Lois and John, even though I don't like Superman having a kid. Like, I don't need him to be the family man. I need. I've. I like at him. At this point, I've gotten used to him having the son because it's been, what, like a. It's been over a year that he's had him with the 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 weird Trinity book where they kind of introduced him the um mm-hmm. the Super Sons with with this this Superboy and Robin teaming up. Um, I'm used to him having the kid, and I like that moment where like my suit doesn't fit. It's called a growth spurt, kid. And he's like, Mom said I have to fix it on my own. Like maybe you should listen to Mom. And then Mom saying like I made a better joke about it, like I I liked yeah. all that stuff. Maybe you should join the Legion, uh, the Teen, the Kid Legion of kids that solve their own problems or something like that. Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> I don't know. Like the one, the thing is that like in every movie we ever get for Superman, and the one one main weakness of Superman is he can't be everywhere at once, and that's the main focus and the main problem of being a parent is that you can't be home and at work at the same time so you're constantly missing something (laughs) like i don't so it's like oh they're doubling down on the weakness when you make superman a parent you know i i don't feel like they're doubling down on that with him having a growth spurt in this book and the how the book ends no i'm talking about overall like him having a kid, it just feels like a doubling down on that Superman. Like the one, they say Krypton is his weakness, or Kryptonite is his weakness, and magic is weakness. But really, it's Superman not being able to be everywhere at once. Like, that's Superman's biggest weakness. Like, And to have him have a family at home, it emphasizes that weakness even more. And I feel like it's yeah, just but we, doubling down. Yeah, but we haven't seen that for what we've read of Superman books, we've seen him be that more parent at home. Like no matter what he makes at home for that dinner with his family. And here's what the, they're doing. We saw that in, um, we saw that in, the uh, the super sons issue one, like they all had crazy days that, that day, but they all made it home for dinner. And then, John snuck out at the end to go out with bat with Robin, you know, like I don't think they're using him having a family as a, a weakness. I haven't seen that at all. All right. Well, 
That's good. Okay. I just... I I just... I, I, I understand where you're throwing that out there, but I haven't seen them use that in any of the books that we've read. Did you read issue two? And issue two, they have that? No, not yet. Uh, but I'm just assuming, like, there's a reason why Lois and them are together, and I'm a... It's probably that issue. It has. I'm assuming it's going to be that issue. But you know, I picked up three, two, three, and four, and I'm looking forward to reading them. And hopefully, it isn't. But, but I, I just overall, see? Superman doesn't need to be a dad for me. Like it's he's not that dad character. I don't know. And that's why I'm saying that. Like I'm saying overall, I'm not all that interested. And they haven't used it yet, and that's good. Maybe they're telling different stories. But, but you're reading into that. Yes. Okay. That's all I want to say. Like, we haven't seen that as a weakness, but you're putting that out there. I, that's I'm putting that out there. That's all I'm doing. Chris, any, Chris, any thoughts yeah. on the book? Um, no, I, I, I did enjoy it. I will continue to read more, even though, like I said, if it, it hits on the notes that I want a Superman book to hit on, um, it's it's not bad though. I I appreciated it. The whole oh Clark and Lois are together thing it that doesn't hook me in, and it might just be because I don't read the Superman books. So going into that, I wasn't like what what happened. I just kind of went in as like oh okay, well I guess something happened in one of the multiple other Superman books that I'm not reading. So all right, this is status quo now. Like it didn't get its hooks in me because I just went in as like all right, well. This is where I'm starting this book off at. Rogazar's talking to aliens. Okay, this is what I'm in for, and and I buckled in. I... But it's a council of floating cosmic heads. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's isn't that cool? It it is what it is. <laughs> it's it's something. Let's put a coda on that. Uh, come back to later. Come back to that book later. John, John, I'm Logan. This was your book. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna have guys. I'm gonna have issues one through six, by the way, for my next trade in policy. So read them now. Okay, okay. we got we got two uh, months. I, I don't, I don't know what the yeah, trade in policy so, rotation is. I have to check the episode. Uh, mine would be next, then yours, then Paul's. Okay, uh, but we are going to be looking. Look forward to reading Lando, guys. Maybe I don't know. Uh, well, we're looking forward to le- reading something of one through four from John. Right? Uh, this is no? Coda, uh, coming from Boom Studios, uh, written by Simon Spurer, and art by Mateus Bergara. And this is Mad Max set in the sword and sorcery world. This is uh, a post-apocalyptic world uh, where it's not resources have dried up, but magic has dried up. And what this world now looks like after that has happened. And you follow a former bard who's lost his leg, who now and rides a... uh, Pentacorn, a unicorn with five horns, 
uh, who speaks about how his wife has been taken from him and how he's trying to get money to save her or find a way to save her. Uh, the whole time it's written, uh, he continues to write letters to his wife, who I believe he thinks is is dead, but still is trying to find a way to save her. And the kind of adventure that he finds himself in, and that is helping a city defend itself against a giant, uh, that's it, just a giant, that is going to come and destroy the city. And the more magic he can come uh, get from them, which is called like Akron or something, uh, which hasn't really been seen, that is kind of what money is spent is if you have any of this Akron, those things are used as money and he's going to try to get enough from this city to try to save his wife. And I liked, I liked the book. I thought the art fit the tone of the book with this crazy magic world that isn't magic anymore. Um, you meet the character who is scavenging items out of the uh, skeleton body of a dragon, because dragons don't exist anymore in this world. But he's getting like um, precious metals of a helmet that is in the stomach lining of the skeleton dragon. Uh, his pentacorn dragon, or his pentacorn uh, unicorn, is um, ferocious and tears a a lion apart um and uh it's it's kind of a fun unique book this if anything this is a john book and i wouldn't expect you guys to like it as much as i did this isn't my number one this isn't my number two this is probably my number three of the books we read this month i opened up this book and went Woof. Um, I got seven pages this in it. before I was like, oh, I can't. Just no, nothing about it hooked me. Yeah, it's like, and then you get to the very end when it's a yelf, which, a why elf? And I'm like, yeah, why? Why? That's that's a cliffhanger. It's an elf hung up on a torture bed. Or, well, the, you know, the, a, the uh, Akron the resource mm-hmm. they use is like it's is, elf yeah. blood or elf blood. elf something limb flesh and they cut it off and the elves can elves can uh, regrow their limbs so that's what's happening and I'm like oh okay well that was that was a read I wouldn't <laughs> say that I would buy number two but if the trade was cheap enough I would I would buy the trade in a sale. I I, I like this. I liked it enough, uh, not enough to buy issue two. Do you think his wife is dead and he's just crazy and just is going on this because there's nothing left for him? Or do you think there is an actual way to save his wife? I don't think there's a way to save his wife. Uh, He's just nuts, right? I think there's there's no saving grace. There's a side of him that if he can do everything that he can do... Why hasn't he saved his wife already? Mm-hmm. If he has 
if he has um, the connections that he has, talking to like the mermaid in the in the that's running the underground thing, you know, like if he can do what mm-hmm. he can do, why hasn't he saved her? And I think he knows she's dead. That's why he just continues to, almost like a journal. He's writing a letter to her of everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. It's memento. Uh, I think so in a way. But I yeah. think it's, it's kind of interesting. Like uh, the thing that I think is interesting is you've never seen a post-apocalyptic sword and sorcery world where, you know, it's like Lord of the Rings. All of a sudden there's no more magic where all the people left and will it, you know, like apocalyptic world of that. I, I, I think that's interesting. Again, like if I could get the f- story arc for what the next issue would cost, three ninety nine, four ninety nine, then I would get it and read it. I like it enough that I think it's clever and unique and it's something that I don't think we've ever seen before. Was it amazing? No. Was it good? Yes. And I'd pick up that next issue. Or I'd pick up the... I'd pick up a discounted... I'd pick up a discounted um, collection of the the story. Uh, Who get... Who who deleted the list of books? Oh, sorry. That was was me. Because... We got to do power rankings. I, jump- I always get ready for the next one. Hold on, you, I can, you, oh, you oh, jump the back. gun. Give me a second. You jump the gun. I'm sorry, I yeah. didn't know you guys were using that power. Uh, well, power I can rankings. I can power rank without oh, that because uh, I'm going to say okay. number one Superman, number oh, Man, Man of Steel, Steel. Uh, number two No Justice, number three Coda, number four Avengers, and number five Lando. Hmm. Okay, um, Paul, I will go next since I just posted the list, so you can go look at it again. Uh, my yep. number one, DC Nation number zero. Uh, it did everything that a number zero should. It got me looking forward to all three of the books that were included in it. Uh, my number two is No Justice number one. Number three, Avengers number one. Number four, uh, Star Wars Lando Double or Nothing number one. Number five, Man of Steel number one, and my number six was Coda number one. Ooh, and I I feel bad that Man of Steel fell so low. No, but my here's the thing: it's, is... it's not bad. It's just of the the books that we had that yeah. had to fall somewhere in that list. Like I like I said, I will I will read the next four five issues, whatever there was. You said six. Yeah, five issues. Um, I'll, five I'll, issues. I'll read them. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it was a Superman book that it got my interest, but. It, it was a Superman book to be a Superman book. Hmm. I have to go with, uh, just for that Tom King Joker story yeah. alone. The, DC Na- Nation number zero. Uh, Paul, not, not to cut you off, but inevitably whenever we do have a, that other like favorite Joker stories, this is going to be one of those ones that's that's oh, yeah. on that list. It's, I'm, it's I'm smiling thinking about it. So we should put that. definitely up on the... Uh, on our uh, our list of episode titles, like favorite Joker moments, would that fall in there? What episode? Title? No episode, like For an this? episode where we can talk about our favorite Joker moments and where they appeared in comic books. And well, we just did that, didn't we? Isn't that 
what we just did. I mean, a well, little bit. You, but... you mentioned it, but we didn't huh. talk about our other favorite Joker moments. We could make an episode oh, out well, of that. Paul, Paul is all I'm did, saying. You got, Paul and I had, but you got up and you left. Yeah. You left. Like, you missed it. But we had that show me, already. To me, it doesn't exist because I went to go pee and got another beer. <laughs> Well, hey, guess what? You have something to listen for the episode now. Uh, yeah. Listening to you. <laughs> when you edit it together. Listening to you, idiots, have fun. and myself. <laughs> so, DC Nation number zero. Then I'm going to go with Man of Steel number one. Uh, Lando, double or nothing. This is my number three. Uh, then No Justice, and then Avengers number one. And then lastly, far lastly, Coda number one. But hopefully we're not last in your heart, listeners. Rate and review us over on the iTunes. Find us on the Facebook. Uh, Rate and review us wherever you listen to us. We're on many different things. And check out those show notes over on our website, which is bagdenboard.com. And if you're ordering anything from Amazon, bagdenboard Amazon thing that we uh, haven't promoted in a long time, do we still do that? And I, I never buy anything off of Amazon. Uh, I buy lots of things, and my wife orders lots of things on Amazon, and I never remember to do it. I could be paying myself to do this show, and I don't. Hmm. I know the feeling. 